Well, we're really excited of what you've already been able to experience here today. And we're really, we're really excited of what God has in store for you and just how you've already been able to connect with him in an intimate and, and in a real way. And there's this opportunity to experience his, his power and his majesty. And we're just looking forward to extending that journey and seeing it through his word. And what we're going to do today is we're going to be wrapping up our, our current journey that we've been on, these, these series of talks we've been having regarding temptation and, and just the understanding that we need the power of God, that we need his help to overcome temptation in our life. Because at the very beginning of this series, as we built a foundation, one of our foundational blocks was that uh, none of us are above temptation, that every single one of us is tempted in our life. Every single one of us, we all are tempted. We all sin in our life. And not one of us is above that, regardless of life experience or intelligence or how long we've been following Jesus as our Lord and Savior. So I, I believe that this series is vital to all of us, all of us. And I said at the very beginning of this journey that there's going to be people that are going to be significantly different at the end of this. That there are going to be people that are eternally impacted and changed and they're going to experience freedom, maybe for the very first time, from this struggle that they deal with in temptation. Let me just give us a slight refresher of how we got here today in our discussions, we've been talking about the power of God and how we need to learn to depend on his power to help us overcome temptation. Because the reality is all of us battle at one level or another with some sort of unwanted behavior, often something that maybe has maybe plagued us for a few months, maybe it's been years, maybe it's been our whole life. And it's just this unwanted behavior and we just want we just want separation from it we want freedom from it we don't want to feel like we are chained to that anymore and how do we go about getting that separation and that freedom well god reminds us that um, there is hope in temptation and a lot of us, when we are tempted, we, we just, in the process of temptation, before you even act on it, there's, there's already this guilt and, and, and this shame that's attached to it. And I'm telling you, that's the enemy already getting in your head. That is false guilt. That is false shame because you haven't done anything. Temptation, sin is not, uh, temptation is not sin. Um, there's a process that we've talked about that gets us to that position of making a choice and maybe acting on it or resisting it. And we find that there is hope in temptation, that we can actually experience that. And we've been looking at our key verse, and it, and it just fills us with hope. It builds so much faith in our life. And Paul says this in 1 Corinthians Chapter 10, verse 13, he says, No temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. 
He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear, but when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. You see, here's the reality. No matter what you're facing in your life right now, no matter how deep the claws feel set into you, our God is faithful, it says. And, it's, and he, Paul tells us that our God will always, always, always provide a way out. Not just a few times, not just some of the times, but he will provide a way out every single time you experience temptation. And today, as we wrap this whole journey up, I want us to understand this, that yes, we can be strong for a while. We can. We can be strong for a season. You can have the ability to withstand some temptation for a little while. Eventually, though, eventually, if it keeps coming and you're just not prepared or prayed up and ready, you find yourself at a moment of weakness and you're up doing something that you didn't want to do in the first place. See, over time, you seem to, to become consistently weak to some of the things. And, you, and then we start asking ourselves questions like this. Why am I so weak? Why am I so weak? Obviously, I, obviously I'm not a strong follower of Jesus. If someone messes up, they're going to say something along the lines of, I didn't want to do this but I just felt so weak in the moment. Maybe you've heard that. Maybe you yourself have said something like that. Why is it that our spirit can be willing, but our flesh is so weak? The reason is this, that we are often so weak is because we are not bonded with what makes us strong. And that's why one of, at the very heart of our mission, it's yes to connect people to Jesus, but also to one another. There's that bond with Jesus, and there's that bond with other people that we need to have in our life. We are often so weak, it's because we are not connected. We are not bonded with what makes us strong. We're weak, and we're vulnerable because we're not abiding with the vine where we get this spiritual strength so we can produce fruit that is not of our own power. But it is by the power of the Holy Spirit within us. Now to illustrate this, I, I, I remember coming across an interesting study done by someone named Bruce Alexander, who was a professor of psychology right here in BC at SFU, at Simon Fraser. He did a study on addiction by taking rats and putting them in this cage. And, and there's two bottles of water. There was one bottle of just regular water. And the second bottle of water he had in the cage was, uh, it was filled with cocaine or heroin. And he wanted to study what the rats would drink. Well, the rats ended up getting addicted to this drug-laced Water And his study showed that 100% of them, all of the rats, overdosed. He said the conclusion is this, that we are chemically biased towards certain things and the neuro neurological brain waves makes us more vulnerable. Then he took a step back and he thought, you know what, all I did was give them 
two choices. This water or this water. I didn't give them anything else to bond with, to connect with. So he did another study, and he created what he called Rat Park. Essentially, it was Disney for mice. He had all the balls in these these cages that they loved. There was tunnels. There was wheels that they could, those hamster type of wheels that they could play on. There was cheese everywhere. He did all of this fun stuff, and he left these bottles of water. He left a bottle of regular water, and he also left a bottle that was laced with drugs. And in his previous study, remember this, 100% of the rats they OD'd in Rat Park, his, his conclusion in his study showed not one single rat OD'd. Now, it's one single rat OD'd on this drug-laced water. And he had what many considered at that time a breakthrough on the study of addictions, which was this. When we don't bond with that, with that which makes us strong, we are incredibly vulnerable to the wrong desires that we have. That was his conclusion. That was his breakthrough. But on the other hand, when we are bonding with those things that make us healthy, that make us strong, we are actually more resistant to the addictions, to the temptations that take so many of us down. And we looked at the idea last week. Remember that whatever you feed grows, and whatever you starve dies. We talked about starving our fleshly nature last week, but today what I want us to talk about is how we feed our spirit nature. We talked about the importance of starving our flesh. Today I want us to look at feeding our spirit You know, I want my spirit to be connected to that which makes me strong because I know my flesh is weak and it's vulnerable. I also know I can be strong for a little while, but after resisting and resisting and resisting, there's going to be a moment perhaps when I'm not as strong as I was and weakness starts to set in. So I want spiritually to be at my best I want spiritually to be connected and bonded to the one who makes me strong. Because the one who makes me strong, as we've read in 1 Corinthians, always gives me a way out. So how do we feed our spirit? How do we become stronger spiritually so we can withstand um, the weaker moments of our flesh? Well, I want us to look at and and discuss three things here today. And admittedly, if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're going to hear these things and you're going to go, wow, Bill, you're really wasting my time. And quite honestly, if you're not a follower, this is probably going to be a radical waste of time. But we encourage you, you know, stay tuned and and just listen to what the Spirit has to say because I'm telling you, it's not going to be a waste of time. If you, if you are, though, you have to agree that the things that we're going to look at are obviously essential for your spiritual strength and your survival. But here are the ground rules before we begin. I am setting some ground rules 
here as we discuss a few things. I'm going to, I'm going to only ask you to choose one out of the three areas that we're going to look at to focus on. Just pick one out of the three. I don't want you working on all three of them because real, in the reality of things, if you work on all three of them or try to work on all three of them, you're really not going to work on any of them. At the end of our time, I'm going to ask you, which one area of focus is the place that you need to pursue God to connect with him? Why? So you can be spiritually strong and able to withstand these weaker moments of the flesh. So how do we feed our spirit to be spiritually strong? First thing that we need to do is we need to feed our spirit with prayer. We need to feed our spirit with prayer. Why? <laughs> well, because just like exercise makes our body strong, prayer makes our spirit strong. In fact, Jesus says this in Matthew 26. In verse 41, he says this. He says, watch and pray. He says, watch and pray so that what? You will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He says, watch and pray, watch and pray, watch and pray. You remember when Jesus was teaching his disciples to pray, he said, pray like this, pray, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. See, prayer is a great weapon against temptation. And in the process, as we use this amazing tool, it actually strengthens and it feeds our spirit. Watch and pray. Watch and pray that you do not fall into temptation. Those words are very important. Those words are fall into temptation. So what do you do? Well, you know, usually it's like you might say something along the lines like, well, I fell into sin. I fell into immorality. No one says I fell into righteousness, right? Have you, ever heard one, have you ever heard someone say that? Well, I was going along and I tripped and whoops, I fell into holiness. Doesn't happen, right? That does not happen. Righteousness is only through an intentional pursuit of the goodness of God. You don't fall into that. You pursue it. It's intentional. And Jesus is saying, watch and pray so that you do not fall into temptation. Strengthening in prayer. It's why we have it a part of our service the way we do. We understand how it not only encourages people, it strengthens us as well. I don't know what this will look like for you, but maybe your prayer is this, lead me not into temptation, but deliver me from evil. God, may Christ in me be stronger than the wrong appetites in me. God, may you always give me a way out. And for some of you, this is the one. Right off the bat, very first one. Maybe for you, this is you, yours, and you know it. You know it because you know that your prayer life is just inconsistent right now. That your prayer life is sporadic. It's not focused toward God. And maybe for you, this is your one. For us to strengthen our spirit, for us to feed our spirit, we need to feed it with prayer. 
Another way we can feed our spirit, it says you can feed your spirit with God's word. With God's word. I love the question that David asks in Psalm 119. He asks this great question. And he says this in Psalm 119, starting in verse 9. He says, how can a young person stay on the path of purity? What a great question, right? How can a young person stay on the path of purity? Well, here's the answer. By living according to your word. He says, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I, what? May not sin against you. We need to use God's word to feed our spirit. You hide his word in your heart so you will not sin against it. And some of you might be thinking, well, yeah, Bill, I'm not really good at memorizing, so this isn't a good one for me. Well, don't give me that, because I'm not going to accept that excuse. Most of us know every single line to dozens, if not hundreds, of songs. Here's the reality. You will memorize what is important to you. Is God's word important to you enough that you will memorize it because we are finding through this amazing passage in David that the way that we can, um, that we can live in purity and avoid temptation is that we use God's word to feed our spirit. We hide it in our heart. We memorize it. We keep it there so that it's there so we may not sin against him. You feed yourself on the word. And just as food strengthens our body, the living bread, the word of God, strengthens your spirit. But here's the thing. You are going to be tempted. And if you know God's word, here's the thing. According to what we are learning is that it helps you resist. And for some of you, this is yours. It's feeding your spirit with God's word. And maybe for you, it, you don't spend time in God's word, or it's sporadic. Maybe you have a strong prayer life, but your time with God in his word is, not, is inconsistent or non-existent. And to be honest, there's not an excuse for us to not be in God's word. You probably sitting in your home listening, you probably have multiple copies of God's word very close to you. If not that, you probably have it on your phone, right? And that's with you wherever you go, right? You strengthen yourself in God's word. And some might be thinking, oh, Bill, this is just your, this is just your preacher talk here. Like, it's like, thanks, Captain Obvious, for yet another thought-provoking suggestion. Well, listen. Listen to me. It's living bread. It strengthens you spiritually. It transforms your mind. And some of you are trying to live a victorious Christian life without an offensive weapon, without God's word. And you can't live that victorious life without God's word. You need to feed your spirit with God's word. And maybe that's your area that you need to focus on. Maybe you need to start... Uh, a Bible reading plan. 
And if you need help with that, call the office, call the church. We will help set you up with something so that you can feed your spirit every single day. So there's a couple things here. We, can, we need to learn to feed our spirit, and the ways for our spirit to become strong is through prayer, and we're finding out that it's through God's word. And another thing that our, will make our spirits to be strengthened is this, that you need to feed your spirit with the right people. You need to feed your spirit with the right people. We find Paul talking about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And he says this, starting in verse 33, he says this, do not be misled. He said, bad company corrupts good character. Come back to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. We have to understand this here for a moment. Being around the wrong people never helps you do the right thing. Now, I am not telling you to not have any non-Christian friends. Do not hear me say that, and because that is not what I'm saying. It's the people that you allow into your life that have influence. It's the people in your life that you allow to have an impact in how you live and the examples that they leave for you. That's what I'm talking about. Being around wrong people will never help you do the right thing. Quite honestly, maybe some of you who are listening here today need some friendship upgrades, maybe. And this is absolutely critical to have truly a victorious life following Jesus, is to be around people who sharpen us, to be around people who love us enough to be in our faces, to be around people who care enough to tell us the truth. You need those people where you're totally and you're completely transparent with. Those relationships where there's a confession of sin immediately or, or even telling them about temptation before it gets to sin. You want to know why people get in trouble? It's because sin grows in the dark. And if you try to keep around the wrong people, that sin will continue to grow in the dark. You need to allow and welcome people in your life that will love you enough, that will care for you enough, that will ask you the real questions, that will keep you accountable, that will kind of kick your butt here and there. Because if you have those relationships, you can be open and you can be honest, you can be vulnerable, you can be transparent, and sin will not have the opportunity to grow in the dark because it's not covered. You are talking about it. There's something about when there's someone that you can go to immediately in your life and say, you know what, here's what I almost did. I almost did this. Um, here's what I'm thinking about. I just need you to pray. I need you to keep me accountable. Those are the type of people that God is asking us to have in our life. And some of you right now, you're lacking the depth of real spiritual community. The reality is that we need each other here. We need each other. You know, church is not something we just go to or tune into. We are the body of Christ. We are family. We are vulnerable without each other. When we come together, we are strengthened as we worship together, yes. We are strengthened when we open up and we care for each other. We are strengthened when we do 
life together. And life is always messy, right? We are messy people. Real relationships are messy. And that's okay. Now, I'm going to wrap this whole entire thing up, and I'm going to be embarrassingly honest with you, knowing the things that I've allowed in my life in the past. See, when I met Lisa, and when we were getting serious, and when I asked her to marry me, and, and knowing that we were going to be a family, and a couple in the back of my mind, there's always, there was always this fear that I didn't have what it took to be the man of God that she deserved me to be. Because in my mind, I knew the path to all of the wrong things. Had I not learned to hunger after God in prayer, because here's the thing, I, always, I, I, always, um, I didn't always, and sometimes I still struggle with that. I had to learn how to pray, and I still am. I had to learn to know God intimately, and I still am learning. And if I didn't feed my spirit with his word, or have the close friends that I do, I'll tell you, I would not have had what it took, and I would have been just another casualty. I probably would have done something destructive. I probably would have, you know, I probably would have ended up divorced, and I would not be here today as your pastor. Because I don't have what it takes. I don't have what it takes. And it's all you, God. It's all you, God. It's all you, God. It's all you, God. That is what this whole idea is about this dialogue that we've been having. It's not about us. It's about God. Because we need God's help. We cannot do this. We cannot overcome. We cannot resist temptation on our own. It is all God. No temptation has seized you except what is common to mankind. You see, we are all crazy vulnerable. We are a couple moments away of doing things that are totally destructive. No temptation has seized you except what is common to mankind. But here's the deal. Our God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. No matter what it is, no matter how big it may seem in your life, when you are tempted, our God will always, always give you a way out. Why do we not take that way out more often? Why? I'll tell you why. Because we are weak. We are so weak. Why are we so weak? It's because we are not connected. We are not bonded with that which makes us strong. It's all you, God. It's all you. The reality is when we are in Rat Pack, Rat Park, when we're doing life God's way, when we are bonded with his people, when we are strengthened in prayer, when we feeding on his word, then when we're weak, which is all the time, his strength is made perfect through us. You see, our God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. And the good news is this, our God always, always gives you a way out. Don't you think it's about time that you start taking that way out? That you start opening up your eyes? 
and you're finding that you need to feed your spirit. So as you go into this week, which one of these areas do you need to pursue that you, that you need to work on so that your spirit will be fed, so that your spirit will be strengthened, so that you can overcome and resist temptation when it comes your way? Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you that you are a God that is faithful, that you are a God that loves his people. And thank you that you provide us a way out. Lord, I pray that we, with intent, that we will just feed our spirit, Lord. We know that whatever we feed grows. And we want our spirit to grow strong. We want our spirit to grow healthy. And we need to feed it. And Lord, I pray we pick one of these areas that we need to focus on because it's, it's, it's lacking in our life and that we can work on that and that we can learn to depend on your power, that we can use your word to help us resist temptation. Thank you that you are a faithful God and you will always, always give us a way out. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.